A word of warning. This podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes some strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast covering high profile and under the radar cases from across the country every week. I'm your host, Anna Garcia. Our cases this week are about women and children in danger. Thank goodness for a female police officer in North Carolina who can read lips because when she pulled over a Jeep that had just run a red light, the woman in the vehicle had just one opportunity to mouth to the police officer, help me. Well, police say that the man in the Jeep had just kidnapped the woman at gunpoint. But first, a former TV news producer has been arrested on charges of distributing explicit child pornography. Federal prosecutors say that he was allegedly part of a chat group that had access to more than 8,000 videos of children being sexually assaulted. We're recording this on Wednesday, June 14th of 2023, and I'm afraid you all are stuck with just me today. Our guest just canceled, and we decided to go ahead with the podcast because we didn't know if we could arrange to get you one this week. So bear with me. I'll do the best I can, but I cannot answer some of the questions that we all will have about some of the cases. So the first case we're going to talk about is from Southern California, and it's about a former TV news producer who specialized in investigations, basically uncovering wrongdoing. Well, he himself is now under the scrutiny of the FBI. He's charged with viewing and distributing horrific images of children being sexually assaulted. And full disclosure here, everyone, this is a man who I worked with. He was literally in the office next to mine at NBC TV here in Los Angeles, the local NBC station. His name is Phil Dreschler, 60 years old from Santa Clarita. He worked at NBCLA Channel 4 for 11 years, and he was recently laid off. This was before he was arrested, and we don't believe that there's any connection between the two there. Federal prosecutors claim that he shared more than 100 explicit videos and other types of media depicting young children being sexually assaulted. You know, I read the complaint last night, and I have to tell you, I am so deeply disturbed by what I read, by the accounts by the FBI agents describing the videos and the photos in great detail. The things that were done to these children by adults, men and women, to boys and girls, mostly girls, I am so sickened by it. I cannot even repeat to you what the content was because it is horrific. It is horrific. Now, he has pleaded not guilty to the charges. He is innocent until proven guilty. But here's more on the case. So Phil had worked at WCPO-TV That was the ABC affiliate in Cincinnati before he came to Los Angeles. Now, I remember when Phil started because the station managers were raving about his mad computer skills. He was an expert at something called computer-assisted reporting. It's a whole way of crunching data, finding data, and coming up with a news story or the data to support a news story. So, you know, he came in with these mad computer skills 
And I also remember that he was moving his family from Cincinnati, his wife and his daughter. And I, I remember having conversations with him because he was asking me questions about schools and school districts because my son was in elementary school at the time. And I got to tell you, when I think about these conversations, I get very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. So we were not friends. We did not socialize. And after reading that criminal complaint last night, I'm sickened. I am just absolutely sickened by everything. So in February of this year, Phil lost his job at KNBC and he announced it on Twitter. Now this is before this case was made public, before he was arrested. And he posted this on Twitter, quote, short story, I was offered a buyout, turned it down, was laid off with all the provisions of the buyout I'll skip the long story, close quote. So a number of people were taking buyouts around the holidays and the first of the year. Some were laid off. So again, I don't believe that there is a connection here. Not that it necessarily matters, but just for perspective. Okay. Now, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Los Angeles, Phil was active in this online community that supported child pornography from August of 2020 to June of 2021. Phil, again, reminding everyone, has entered a plea of not guilty to the charges, and he is, of course, presumed innocent until proven guilty. But according to the FBI, Phil used the alias Karen Flores and was a member of a chat group that communicated on the app Telegram. Now, the group was called The Playground Lives. The FBI says that's how they shared all of this illegal and dangerous content in this app, specifically in this chat group. The FBI says that they discovered the Playground Lives group through a separate child porn case out of Kansas City, Missouri. Okay? So then, in June of 2021, June 16th to be exact, the FBI interviewed a suspect that was related to that child pornography investigation. Now, according to court documents, this person allowed the officers, the agents, the FBI agents, to take control of his device, meaning his access to the Telegram app. And so they were able to monitor and see who was on there, of course, all using aliases, and what they were sharing, what they were uploading, downloading, and what they were talking about, okay? Oh my gosh. Investigators say that the Playground Lives group had 23 members and that the chat allegedly contained 1,600 photos, more than 8,000 videos, and an additional 36 links to more suspicious content. According to the criminal complaint, the content was primarily focused on girls under the age of 12 or 13 before they hit puberty, and that some of the victims were as young as toddlers. But of course, little boys were also abused in these videos and photos. The FBI says that Phil was a frequent contributor, and they say that he signed in 145 times in the time period that they were watching. And according to the criminal complaint, he had... He had filed certain videos under the names of Georgia Peach and that he allegedly made the comment, quote, she was worth it. This is the sanitized version that I am sharing with you because the rest of what is in that criminal complaint 
is disgusting and it is violent. Violence against children. So here is how officials managed to link this person named Karen Flores to Phil. All right, so on July 6th of 2021, authorities spot someone with that screen name. Remember, they're in there pretending to be someone else who has turned over the device because they've they've got this person to cooperate. Okay, so Karen Flores is one of the names very active in the chat. And then police are able to figure out the Google telephone number that is linked to this account. So basically, before you can get an account, you need, you know, you need your phone number. And so the FBI served a subpoena at Google for data and IP logs to figure out not, not just the phone number, but who set up the phone number. So they're doing it all backwards. Eventually, Google turns over the information and that revealed that the phone number used to create the Telegram account was reg- registered to Phil's email. Now, here's what's really interesting to me. I don't know what else was going on in the background. It was almost two years later, after this point, after these search warrants, on April 6th of 2023, that is this year, that the FBI executed search warrants on Phil's Southern California home and on himself and for his devices. The FBI says that they found a folder on Phil's phone, which had been recently deleted the videos in there. However, they were able to restore these videos and you can imagine what these videos allegedly contained. According to court records, he said he could not say that the videos that the FBI was showing him right there to his face, if they were children, even though it was a girl with her leg up in the air. I don't have to go on with details there. Eventually, with a lot of pushing, he he admitted, oh, I suppose it's a possibility it could be children. So fascinating when you, when you, you know, read the details and then you know that the person used to be an investigative reporter, right? Someone who knows, should know about the facts and the truth. So finally, he, he admits, this is according to court records, that he had accessed some videos and some images from publicly available platforms. Remember what we said about Instagram at the top of the program. Instagram is not part of this, but He claimed, this is what he told the authorities, he found some videos that he downloaded from TikTok. This is why we're always worried about keeping children children as safe as possible on social media. So then FBI agents went back to interview Phil's wife on April 17th, basically a few days later. So she said, that Phil was so upset about everything that he planned to take his life, that he had driven from their home in Santa Clarita to Cincinnati, and he had taken off a few days before this interview with the FBI, and that he took a shotgun with him and two pistols. According to the criminal complaint, one of the firearms was registered to Phil, while the other two were not, and they're not sure where he got these weapons. The wife said that the reason he went Not only was he despondent and threatening to kill himself, but he wanted to see his daughter. 
and he wanted to visit his parents' gravesite. I know, innocent until proven guilty, but man, what about the children in those videos? Hmm? What about their safety? What about their parents? I can't even. I just, I can't. So the authorities were very concerned, obviously, that he might harm himself, and they were also looking for him. So she told the FBI what hotel he was staying at. The FBI goes to the hotel on April 17th, and they arrest him, and they charge him with three counts of distributing child pornography. He was detained locally, and just as an aside, the the hotel management team said to the authorities that the next day, right after he'd been arrested, that they were expecting a giant group of high school students to be staying at the hotel. You know, here you have an accused child pedophile accused and you are just about to have a group of teenagers staying at the same hotel. The reason I wanted to tell this story, this case, is because you never know who is sitting next to you. You never know who is riding in the elevator with you, who's sitting next to you on the bus. You have no idea. You have no idea the risk that we are, that we all have and that our children have. So on May 4th of this year, a Los Angeles federal grand jury indicted Phil on three counts of distribution of child pornography. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office, Phil has entered a plea of not guilty to the charges, is being held, no bond, in jail downtown here in Los Angeles. The trial is currently set for July 25th. This charge carries a mandatory minimum sentence of five years with a possibility of a maximum of 20 years if convicted. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our next case is out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where a traffic stop saves a kidnapped woman who mouthed, help me, to an officer. Thank goodness for lip readers, people. A North Myrtle Beach police officer is being praised for her efforts to save a woman during a routine traffic stop on May 28th. Apparently, the woman who had just been kidnapped, she had been forced to drive at gunpoint a man who allegedly shot someone outside of a restaurant, okay? So all of this is unfolding all at once. How did this happen? The woman who's driving, first of all, I mean, I don't know, we don't know, she hasn't been identified. I don't know whether she did this intentionally or because she was so scared because there's a person holding a gun to her. I have no idea. But she ran a red light and because she ran the red light, she got pulled over by the officer. Officer Kayla Wallace, walks up to the Jeep, notices that the driver, the woman, looks really stressed out. Now she's riding with a man, he's next to her. 
So at one point, the man, right, the alleged kidnapper here, looks away, and the woman who has not been identified, the victim here, gets a moment without him looking or seeing and mouths to the officer, help me. And she manages to say that a few times, but mouthing it. So the officer, Officer Wallace, takes the man out of the car and puts him in the patrol car. And then she goes back to talk to the woman to figure out what is going on here, right? Officer Wallace does not know that there's been a shooting yet because that has not been released. This is all happening at the same time. Officer Wallace now can talk to the woman freely. And that's when the woman like is so frantic and she says to Officer Wallace, the man who was in the Jeep with me shot someone outside a restaurant, then grabbed her, forced her to drive him away from the crime scene. So she is a second victim of this shooting. Okay, so while Officer Wallace is, is digesting all of this, Literally, a few minutes later, dispatchers send out a bolo, a be on the lookout for. And they say that they're looking for a vehicle that was reportedly involved in a shooting on King's Highway where someone was shot in the stomach. That person had to be taken to the hospital and that a woman appears to have been kidnapped as part of this crime spree. Okay? So the bolo had a description of the vehicle, ding, 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 matches the Jeep, and the wanted man, who's now been identified as 29-year-old Collins Bates. Officer Wallace calls for backup when she realizes that she has the wanted suspect in her patrol car. Now, according to the arrest warrant, which was obtained by WMBF News, police searched the white Jeep and they uncovered a firearm that allegedly matched the caliber of the casings which were recovered from the crime scene where the person was shot in the stomach. Collins was arrested and charged with attempted murder, kidnapping, and possession of a weapon during a violent crime. Now, according to reports, Collins is currently being held without bond, and it's unclear if he has an attorney yet, and it is unclear to us whether he has entered a plea again presumed innocent until proven guilty. I want you to keep in mind that this all took place early on a Sunday morning, like 5.30 in the morning early on May 28th, and that Officer Wallace was a half hour away from clocking off. Her day got a lot longer after this incident. And just a little background on the officer here, Kayla Wallace was sworn in as a police officer in July of 2021. And prior to her work as a police officer, she was working as a lifeguard at the city of Myrtle Beach. So this is a woman accustomed to saving people. We thank Officer Wallace for being so quick and for reading lips. It is time for our comment section. These are the crime cases that you all are talking about on social media. And here's our producer, Will Updike. Will, I've been so lonely by myself. <laughs> I know. I'm so impressed, though. You've been crushing it. <laughs> I, I am a social human being. I, I need the company of others. <laughs> 
absolutely absolutely so we have an interesting one today it it seems like this could be a case of uh of, of a very weird retaliation but it comes from a body donation place uh for medical research so I'm just going to get right into it. Uh, this case comes out of Chicago, the Chicago area where uh, a worker reportedly found three severed heads at his desk. And this came after he made some complaints on the job. Uh, so the, the worker here, Dale Wheatley, who's made this complaint, was the transportation coordinator for uh, a company called the Anatomical Gift Association of Illinois. And he's recently filed a police report after, like I said, discovering these three disembodied heads, which were reportedly in a blue plastic storage tub by his desk. Now, he, he you know, he sees this. Uh, obviously, you know, th this company, they deal with body parts. So I'm sure seeing a body part, you know, what wasn't like the most shocking thing he's ever seen uh but in it, not at his desk i would believe uh so he apparently said that his boss walked by after he'd seen these heads he asked him why the heads were at his desk and the boss just said hey they need to get back with their bodies so we can send them to crema cremation now wheatley had been on this job for a while uh he claims that body parts had never before been placed on his desk even though i did say they deal with these body parts but they're normally kept obviously in a designated storage area uh before he would retrieve them to deliver these to medical schools uh where students will dissect and then study these parts so you know a, a really legitimate seeming company here um but apparently th this comes after a conflict uh where he had found uh, that, that some of the bodies weren't in the best condition by the time that they were getting there. Uh, so he had reportedly like made a complaint previously, and it's believed that this might be some sort of retaliation for this. Um, this is like a twisted episode of The Office, except right? with body parts. <laughs> yeah, no, I keep expecting after something like this that there's going to be like an all hands on deck meeting or something like it's just going to get like really, really dark. Um, but so he, you know, no one is charged officially in this. He has retained representation. This employee has also lodged complaints with the Cook County Medical Examiner and the Illinois Department of Health. Uh, and he, he, you know, has claimed that he just wants to see better care taken on these bodies in these workspaces. And, you know, that that part, you know, the part that these are like someone's loved ones and stuff is like, yeah. is really troubling and, and really upsetting. And, and I think that, you know, whatever ends up happening with this, this, I, I hope that this isn't the case and that it's just some sort of like macabre, terrible mistake. But like, if this guy is getting, you know, this sort of treatment after just, you know, expecting better care to be taken of someone's loved ones. I think that that's uh, pretty, pretty messed up and says a lot about uh, about that workplace. So anyways, uh, I'm going to get into some some comments here. V had an interesting one. Uh, they said, I used to want to donate my body to science for med students and whatnot. But if my head is going to end up on someone's desk because someone is mad at the boss, I might have to reconsider. Um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you're when you're sending in your license information and you're hoping and you're you know you're making yourself an organ donor if you are that's the way i roll but you're not thinking that uh your stuff is going to end up on somebody's desk there vivian p said well that's one way to get a boss's attention um yes, yes absolutely <laughs> some people a lot of people were praising this um you know the, the alleged victims here yeah. um sort of you know plea to kind of uh have better care taken in these bodies obviously the transport is super important um but economic fusion said he was always a cut above uh. as an employee Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, Race H wasn't as upset with this situation uh, with the heads on the desk. They said, finally, people who look up to me. Mm. 
Uh, but that is going to do it for today's comment section. Uh, thank you to everybody who sent those in. We always appreciate it. We're over on uh, YouTube. You can leave those on our community page. We're also on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, we're on Twitter and TikTok. Man, I, I'm sorry you had, you had to lift so much weight this weekend. I, I don't know how you do it. Well, at least I showed up prepared for school today, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always show up prepared. Um, do you want to join me to the end or shall I do the goodbyes by myself? Let's do it. <laughs> well, I do have a programming note, Will. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So for those of you who are fascinated by a case that I covered on Crime Watch Daily about this convicted killer named Kelly Cochran, who some suspect is actually a female serial killer. Well, she's been convicted of murdering her lover, murdering her husband. I call her, you know, a black widow. That's what I think she is for sure, without question. So, you know, I do commentary for 2020. So this week on 2020, the episode is dedicated to the Kelly Cochran case. And this is like a horrible, I mean, it's, I went into the murder house. They have since will destroyed the murder house. They have like knocked it down. It was horrible. I mean, it was, if you, we should link to it for people who want to see the original episode that I did, you know, and, and the weird thing is I've never done this before on a, on an episode, but out of, for us, for Crime Watch, I went in there with a psychic. It was very, <laughs> Ooh. yeah. And because the police chief of this town who helped solve this case, and you'll see this all on 2020, not the psychic park part. So the police chief was trying to solve the case of a missing man, right? Because his body had never been found. They eventually found his body parts with the help of Kelly Cochran. And it took a lot of visits and trips and enticing and pizza and big gulps and you know the the body cam video of all this stuff is amazing but one of the things that the police chief did was that she contacted a um psychic okay so it's i go in there with the psychic and you know how i feel right i'm a, I'm a fact driven person but i do believe in universes and things and so she says to me that the victim is right there while I'm interviewing her. So I say to her, well, if he's right here, what is he saying? And yet she doesn't answer this question. And it seems to me, if our poor victim is right there, why couldn't she tell me what he had to say about What things? he had to say. But for those of you who believe, you know, all I can tell you is I had to go down into the basement where supposedly the man was dismembered and that was a really horrible experience. Really horrible. I mean, I'm sure you could feel something in that room. I don't. I don't think you need to be a psychic to 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 get a to get a negative vibe in there. No, no, because he was apparently like the poor man was killed right there in the entryway hallway, and then taken downstairs into the basement, allegedly chopped up. Then they claim that he was burned in a burn pit. They believe they may have then dumped his body, you know, in a nearby. Um, old abandoned mine that they filled in oh my god it's so much drama this case is so much drama but it's going to be on 2020 this friday if you oh we have a clip let's play a clip for you so you'll see let's there you go let's do it here we have one of the most sensational murders but very few people have actually heard about this case it's the purest form of evil that you're gonna get they had a pact 
if either spouse were to cheat, the cheating spouse would have to either kill their lover or be killed. You heard that right. And yet, that bizarre wedding pact is just the start. Because this is where the mystery unfolds. And the secrets I will bury. As soon as you walk into the house, the hair stands up on the back of your neck. It's pretty creepy. They find a litany of weapons, from battle axes to shotguns. The kind of arsenal you see in a movie. Now, Friday night, go inside a haunting murder mystery as it unravels. Implication was that perhaps Kelly and Jason were burning Chris's body. I said, what the hell are you burning? And she said, I'm burning some brush out there. I lived up here my whole life, and I never smelled nothing like that. That's the stuff of horror movies. Yeah. A chilling discovery. They find a manuscript. Where monsters hide. It's eerie. I'm gonna get emotional. I can I wait one second because it still gets me every time. Where monsters hide. The all-new 2020 true crime event premieres Friday at 9, 8 central on ABC. And the secrets I will bury. So that's going to be on ABC's 2020 Friday night, June 16th at 9 p.m. And you can always stream it on Hulu. It is one of my favorite cases because it's absolutely ludicrous. Oh, wait. And here's Will. This is what I love about the case. The police chief ends up falling in love with an investigator, a police investigator in another state. Like the two of them figure out the case together because it's multiple jurisdictions. And in the process of working in the case, they fall in love, get engaged and get married. Oh, that's a movie. That's a movie. Isn't that? Happy endings. We like those. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So check it out if you get a chance or you could also see our original on this one. It's, It's really a great case. So... Um, you can follow me, um, wherever you want on social media. I'm at Anna G news on all platforms. And sometimes I talk about crime, but mostly about dogs and rescue dogs. Necessary. We need it. I know. I know. I volunteer a lot for a purposeful rescue. I either drive dogs to and from their doctor appointments, their vet appointments, or if they have to be transported to the trainer, I have fostered and I also handle dogs. Uh, for them at adoption events. So please take a look at all these babies that need homes. It's my volunteer work. Okay, and then we can find this episode along with all the other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Go on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. We're very active there. And of course, this newsletter, which always baffles me because it feels so 1990s. (laughs) Our newsletter. You can subscribe at truecrimedaily.com. So until next week, I'm your host, Anna Garcia. And as we always say, what do we say? Will, you get to say it today. Don't do crime. <laughs>